us and ask the Lord to bless those on our prayer list this week. There shall be showers of blessing. This is a promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing sent from the Savior above. Showers of blessing. Showers of blessing we need. Mercy Showers of blessing, precious reviving again. Over the hills and the valleys, sound of abundance of rain. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops around us. Showers of blessing, send them upon us, O Lord. Grant to us now a refreshing. Come and now honor thy word. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops around us. shall be showers of blessing oh that today they might fall now as to God we're confessing now as on Jesus we fall showers of blessing showers of blessing we need mercy drops around Certainly, mercy drops are falling all around us. We have a wonderful, merciful Savior that loves us anyway. Loves us in spite of ourselves. We praise God for His wonderful, eternal love of His children. Exodus thirteen seventeen, And it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, Although that was near, for God said, Lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harshness out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Sukkoth, and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by the pillar, by the day in a pillar of a cloud, to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, and to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, 
nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Harahareth, between Migdal and the sea, over against Belzephon, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say unto the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land, the wilderness shall shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all of his hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we may have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took six hundred chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Parahirath before uh, Belzephon. All right, Brother Gene read some from Exodus for us this morning, so let's return there. We uh, have been teaching some recently uh, from Romans and about uh, the law of the spirit of life. Uh, as opposed to the law of sin and death. But we're going to take a step back this morning, a step back to Exodus and the crossing of the Red Sea. There's a few things uh, that I feel the Lord has laid on my heart that I want to bring forth from this wonderful account. We all know it. So I won't read all of the account. I'm going to be jumping in and out I always want to call it a story, but it's an account. It's a true story, let's say. So return with me to Exodus chapter 14. And let's take a look at this wonderful delivery that God executed for his people from their captives, from their enemies. And we're going to see how this relates so much to us. And our lives and the deliverance that he has and is giving us. All right. So I had uh, Brother Gene start in chapter 13 and verse 17. Because I want us to see that God's people were being led by him. That they were following in his direction. That they were following the map that he laid out for them. It was a particular direction to for them to end up in a particular place for a particular event. God is a particular God, isn't He? He has particular goals for His people. All right. In verse 17 of Exodus 13, we read, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them, not through the way of the land of the Philistines, And by the way, I believe that was a much easier way because that was actually a road or a path that was frequently taken. But God didn't lead them through the way that through their eyes would have been the way to go. Rather, He led them, although that was near, for God saw less peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. In other words, the Philistines weren't going to put up with them traveling through their land. But God, I love those two words in verse 18, led the people about 
through the way of the wilderness, not down the road. That would have been an easier path. And remember, they were loaded. We're talking about more than two million people. And they were loaded down with all of their stuff, all of their housewares, their animals, their gardening or farming equipment, and then all of the things that the Egyptians blessed them with. I'm talking about the jewels and the gold and all of this, these things that they were given by the Israelites. They were loaded down, yet God led them through the wilderness. But praise God, it was by faith that Moses listened to God and did this exit, if you will, by his direction. It was very important. Verse 18 said, But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed, harnessed out of the land. What does that mean? They were loaded down with all their stuff. They were hooked up to it. They were harnessed. They had animals pulling carts full of stuff. So just get a picture of what they were going through. Verse 21 says, And the Lord went before them. But they were following the Lord, weren't they? Very important. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud. They were following Him. He went before them, ahead of them, laying out the path, if you will. Here's the direction. Follow this cloud. Follow me. This is the way I want you to go. Verse 20 said, And they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. In other words, he didn't leave them. He was leading them from their captivity into freedom. And he didn't leave them. He stayed with them. He never left them. He'll never leave you. He's leading you away from your captivity into eternal freedom. Oh, won't we follow him? Follow what? The light. He's enlightened us, hasn't he? Yes, he has. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, verse 14, I'm sorry, chapter 14, verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pihirath, between Migdal and the sea, over against Bazaphon. Before it shall you camp by the sea. Well now, humanly speaking, this was suicide. This was an obvious trap. They would have nowhere to go. They'd be banked up against the mountains, the desert, the wilderness, and the sea. But they followed God anyway. Humanly speaking, it looked like the wrong way to go. They should have dealt with the Philistines. I'm sure they thought that. Verse 3. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. In other words, they're trapped. They're trapped. The wilderness hath shut them in. And God said, I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. 
And it was told, verse 5, to the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? They just lost their servants. They're going to have to go fix their own teeth. They're going to have to raise their own crops now. And so they pursued after them. Verse 6 says, And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. I'm sure this was a special chariot of war. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. Now when they went out with a high hand, they had uh, good feelings. They were happy. They were freed. Finally, after all these generations and years, God had freed them from captivity. They went out with a high hand. But now they're about to be disappointed, aren't they? I want you to notice that they had been declared free from their slavery. They had been declared free by God from the authority of this enemy, Pharaoh. By the power of this enemy, Pharaoh. Yet, here he comes. The enemy is still after him. You see any resemblance to us in that? I do. We have been set free from the power and authority of sin in our lives. And that freedom is eternal. But God allows the enemy to still pursue us, doesn't He? He allows His sinful nature to continue to exist within us, doesn't He? Oh, but it's all in the lesson of life. God does things on purpose, see? And He's always right. There's a great lesson here that the Israelites learn and that we learn from this great account. And let me say that the enemy pursued them only for a specific amount of time. We're fixing to read that that time wasn't long. They all drowned in the same location that was the salvation of God's people was their death. We're going to notice also that this pillar that led them, well, I'll just read it. So Pharaoh drew near, verse 10, and Israel, the children of Israel, who went out with a high hand, who were, what's the word, exuberant, happy, saw the enemy coming again. Now let me just throw in something of my own here. When God saved me, it totally overwhelmed me that He would do that. I have known, had known about Him all my life had been taught about Him in truth all my life. I thought I was saved. You know, I I said I thought I was because Daddy wanted me to, and I knew He did, all that kind of stuff. But when He really saved me, it just, how you say, blew my mind that He would love somebody like me, like Brother Chuck was saying earlier. But He did. And when he saved me, all through that night, 
I prayed and wept the whole night long, and people that were with me thought I they needed to go to the insane asylum or somewhere, you know. But I was thinking, boy, I'll tell you, I'm going to be a strong Christian, and I'm going to be another uh, Charles Spurgeon or somebody, you know. I'm going to be strong for the Lord. And the next day, the enemy was standing there waiting for me. And I was actually surprised for some reason. But God allows that, doesn't he? So, they were extremely happy that they had been set free. And then, verse 11, they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? They saw death coming for them. And they weren't looking at the pillar of fire and cloud. They were looking at the enemy approaching them. They were looking in the wrong direction, weren't they? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Verse 12 says, Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He didn't say, fight the enemy for all you're worth. Grab whatever you can to fight with. Circle the wagons. No. No, he said, stand still. Stand still. You see, nothing that they could have or would have done against the enemy would have saved them. God knew that, didn't He? God was in control and His perfect plan was lining up exactly as He wanted it to. And Moses said unto the people, verse 13, Exodus 14, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Yes, we see the enemy involved in our lives today, don't we? We do. Let me tell you something. This will give you peace in your heart if you know the Lord. There's coming a day when we're going to cross the Jordan over into eternity. Over into a new earth that God has gone to prepare to us. A new heaven. And we will be able to say, For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more. How long? Forever. You see, our enemies will forever be put away. It's coming. And it's coming soon, isn't it? What a wonderful account. And then he gives Moses instructions. Verse 16, Lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I believe when this says dry ground, it means dry. I believe there was dust kicking up from those wagon wheels. It stood up on their right side and on their left side in a heap 
were told. And they went through in safety, following what God represented in the cloud, the pillar of cloud. All right. Verse 17, And I, behold, this is God speaking, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them, and will, I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots, upon his horsemen. Pharaoh was hard-headed, wasn't he? Went through all those plagues. Finally, with the death of the firstborn, he obeyed God, and he let the people go. But then he changed his mind when he thought about it and knew that he wouldn't be served by them any longer. Verse 18 says, And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. The Egyptians that were left in Egypt, and there probably weren't that many. I think he took everything he had. I know he did. The enemy will do that. He'll throw everything he has at you. He took 600 particular chariots, killing machines, with their captains, and then all the other chariots he took with him. But those that died that day, they found out that Jehovah is God. They bowed the knee. The Egyptians shall know, verse 18, that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. Verse 19, And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. Now here we have the enemy bearing down on God's people. God has been leading them by this pillar of cloud and fire. Now the pillar of representing God, moved around behind them, which was between them and the enemy. And it came between, verse 20, the camp of the Egyptians, the enemy, and the camp of Israel, God's people. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, to the enemy, to the Egyptians, but it gave light by night to these children of God. Isn't that something? The same cloud. Darkness on one side, light on the other side. That makes you think of God's Word. To some, God's Word is a stumbling block because they don't believe it. Because they don't have the faith in the... Uh, gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't have the faith in God's Word to be correct and right. And it's darkness to them. Oh, but to those on the correct side of the cloud that represented God, it's light, you see. And what does the light do? What did it do? It lit up their path to cross the Red Sea. From one shore to the other. All right. Verse 20. 
So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light to these, so that the one came not near the other all night. When it says darkness on one side, it means darkness. They couldn't see. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. He stood the water up. He controls all things, doesn't he? He created the water. He created the winds. We don't know which way the wind's going to blow from, but he does. And Moses, verse 21, stretched out his hand over the sea in obedience to God's direction. Don't miss that. He trusted and obeyed God and a great deliverance of millions of people came out of it. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. It's amazing. The power of the Word of God. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground and the waters were a wall under them on the right hand and on their left and the Egyptians pursued them. And went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians, from where? Through the pillar of fire. It represented his presence. He was there with them. He never left them. And he troubled the host of the Egyptians. Some will say it was lightning and and hailstones. All I know is what it says. He took off their chariot wheels, verse 25. Now the horses were uh, burdened with dragging a chariot with a captain and whatever else was on that chariot. So that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel. For the Lord fighteth for them against us, against the Egyptians. They realized, hey, we don't have a chance. God's fighting for them. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thy hand, thine hand over the sea, as the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength, when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. Let me tell you, when God brings us across the river into his presence, there will not one enemy exist. Not one. This is a great example of just that. And the Lord said, you will see them again no more forever. I'm looking forward to that, aren't you? Oh, what a paradise must be awaiting God's people.
In verse 13, Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still. That is a, a command to us too. And it's an issue for some of us. We should, as the Bible tells us, stand still, God says, and know that I am God. We have trouble being still, don't we? Oh, we're busy. Our minds are filled with so many other things. It's hard to be still and know that He is God, but it's a command. So we must do it. We must take time to empty our minds from all these other things and to know in our hearts and our minds that He is God and He is our God. What a great deliverance. The Lord fights for us as we follow His commands. Even when naturally, physically, in our eyes, there seems to be no way out. These folks were trapped. Even Pharaoh saw that. They're entangled in the wilderness. they got nowhere to go. We'll slaughter all of them that stand up against us, and then we'll have our servants back. But God had another plan. I want us to notice. Let's see, where am I at here? The Lord told them to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And He, through Moses, told them to go forward. Go forward. Well, what was forward? It was the Red Sea, wasn't it? Now, there's always doubters. There are people that say, no, it was really called the Reed Sea because it was only two foot deep and had reeds in it, and they just walked across it, no problem, overnight. But we know God's Word is true. And the water stood up as a tall wall higher than any horse or man on a horse. even though there appears to be no way out in a lot of our situations. And we feel that with some that way sometimes, don't we? We do. This nature is still within us. We still get depressed. We still go through sickness and pain and loss of loved ones, and it's hard. But as we go forward toward what we know God wants us to do, what we know what is His will for us. What is God's will is that we believe in His Son, isn't it? Absolutely. And do we obey His Word? Yes, verse 19, the angel of the Lord was darkness to the enemy. In other words, it incapacitated them, didn't it? It took away their ability to do anything. And just speculation. I don't know. They might have been throwing spears into that cloud or shooting arrows into that cloud or throwing rocks into that cloud. But it didn't penetrate. It didn't get through to God's children. He has all power in heaven and earth, doesn't he? 
But that same cloud, it was light. And it was light to light up the path that God had sent them on. It didn't look right. It didn't look possible. The, the sea didn't look passable. But God made it so. What a lesson for us for our lives. That we realize that God's leading the way. Don't be afraid of these things that come up against you. They're not even going to exist in the near future. God has all power in heaven and earth, and He loves you. Why does He love you? I think the basic answer is because He wanted to. He wanted to. And His will is all so powerful. None can thwart it. No, none can change His plan. They can and do try. We're to go forward in the direction that God... Not stop and turn around and go fight the enemy. No. That's, that's not what He said. He said, be still. And He said, go forward. Go forward because I'm going to open up the way for you. What a Savior. Praise God. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word this morning that we would be encouraged and strengthened in Him knowing that He is for us and that He is leading us in the right path into safety. That He has freed us from sin. He has freed us from the authority and power of the enemy over us. Though the enemy is still present, but He is leading us out of the grip of sin and death. Praise God.